Chris Hansen here of Hansen vs. Predators. To catch a predator and have a seat with Chris Hansen, I'm going to need all of you to have a seat right over there because I've been going through some transcripts and there's something you need to know. You're watching TTFT. I'll be watching as well and listening. Hey, Jimmy Olsen, the fuck you doing in there? I look ridiculous. I don't want to do this. I changed my mind. Rob Dyrdek did ridiculous. They gave him a show for it. Get your ass out here. Fine. All right. All right. This is so fucking stupid. What? Alright guys, welcome to another episode of TTFT. Guys, guess what? I am so fucking excited today. Fuck the yes. intro, fuck the trailer, fuck everything. We are back in Marvel World and I am marveling. Can you not see me? I'm draped in this stuff. I got the Aya Agamotto. He got the smoke flush eyes. You have Mr. Dr. Dark, Stephen Strange, and you have Caecilius. David, how the fuck are you feeling? I'm feeling really fucking good. And I'm feeling, um, I mean, not because of any of the reasons that you said, but we have a sponsor. Roll that clip. If you want to feel like a superhero or a supervillain, check out Aimbot Energy. They are locally produced right here in Jacksonville, Florida, locally owned and operated. They uh, produce a, a healthy alternative to energy drinks that doesn't give you the sluggish feeling when it wears off. You mean the crash? The crash. The oh. three o'clock crash. It is 100% natural. They use a perfect balance of nootropic to enhance your focus and multitasking, your memory and your critical thinking, your blood flow, because that is actually important. Does it help serotonin? It does help the serotonin, and I would I would use it specifically just for that if that was the only nootropic in uh, Aimbot Energy. Aimbot has zero sugars, zero calories for those of you that care about that kind of stuff. It comes in four flavors, blue raspberry, fruit punch, green apple, and straw kiwi. This stuff is so powerful that they recommend if you are a new user of Aimbot, you only use half the bottle because a full bottle will kick your ass. Right now with our discount code, you can get a four pack for under 10 bucks. You can get 40, which is regularly $100, for $85. So go right now to aimbotenergy.com slash discount slash TTFT. Support Aimbot Energy, local business, support our show, independent, we're all happy, and you are the best version of yourself. Aimbot Energy. David, why roll your bot when you can aim your bot? Alright guys, this episode we are going to be joined by Kobe Greif. He is a writer at CBR, Comic Book Resource, as well as Screen Rant. He will be actually jumping into the elevator pitch with Brandon Carlos as well coming up. So, what what else do... I mean, why... what Actually, what movie are we doing? Hey, guys. We're doing... Why do I look like this? We are here to cover the Marvel Cinematic Universe Doctor Strange. And I'm taking you down the Marvel road that you've never been down. And I want to go ahead and say this because, guys, we don't hold anything back here at TTFT. For 98% of David's life, he's hated. And I do mean... No, 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 no. That's the flip side of that coin. He's hated the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And what I mean by that is, hold on. I didn't say he hated Marvel. Because guess what? I got you. 
we both were introduced to Marvel at the same time with HTD. Quack, quack, quack. Before Affleck, there was half, uh, there was Angel Godfrey USA up all night. Bing. Um, there was, um, there was uh, Howard the Duck. So with that being said, that wasn't a part of the MCU. But with that being said, guys, we're watching a film today called Doctor Strange. And, the, and if you heard me talk about Black Panther and you heard me talk about a lot of other films, this is a standalone film. This is one of the, I think, three or four films to, out of the 22 that they've made. That can be a standalone film and you've been proved to that so let me ask you this i know why i chose it why did you choose to accept watching it first of all a a editor's correction here i don't hate the marvel cinematic universe i'm indifferent to it i'm intimidated by the size of it and it wouldn't it, it would I, I would die exactly feeling the same if i never saw it with that said I gave Doctor Strange a chance because, you know, we'll get into why, because that's actually my fuck skin. Okay. But I, I will say that I just, I was, I, okay. you told me that I would like it for what reason? I told you you would like it. For, the reason I told you I'd like it short and sweet is because he was the first person um, to actually use his mind to become powerful that I saw. And he was already, before he even had the powers that he had, he had powers by simply using his mind. And we'll talk about that later. Neil, I need you to open your mind. And with that being said, guys, we're going to go into our elevator pitch. And guess what, guys? We got something super special for you this week. Uh, this is the first time we've actually introduced our guest and Mr. Brandon Carlos at the same time. So, guys, hey, listen, I could describe this. I don't have enough words or enough time. So, guys, take it the fuck away. Basically, it starts out. You see a really scared homie, and then he gets his head cut off. Some weird-looking dude steal a fucking book, and then some, like bald ass Celtic lady comes out of nowhere, chases these motherfuckers down the street, the walls are moving and going sideways and shit so they fight for a little bit and then the dude with the book gets away, then after that we get to, we finally meet our hero yeah, we're introduced to, to the doctor himself, he's in full on surgery mode, doing his thing he's got his music playing, he's doing his music trivia and then it's kind of like an episode of House they're, they got this guy they think is dead out in the hallway and they're like, oh Hugh Laurie, except it's Benedict Cumberbatch. We think he's dead. He's like, no, he's not dead. He's just got the most specific problem. This thing is like trapping blood in this particular area. And we just got to right. pull it out and then it'll be good. Yeah. And then they save his life. And you get to see the scene where Rachel McAdams gets to tell the family the good news. She's like, it's always about you. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, but it's not about He's like, no, but it is. And he's like, yeah, you're right. Then we get to the big scene. He's in his car. Like, he's looking at, like, fucking x-rays and, like, like MRI screen. I'm just like, what the fuck? And his dumbass just gets yeeted out into the ocean. Cut to, he's in the hospital. He looks fucked up. That's cringy. It's cringy to look at. Rachel McAdams is there, and he wakes up out of the coma, and his hands are there. And she's like, they did the best they could, and he's like, I could have done better. And then he goes through this whole, like, weird part where he's just, like, trying to get his hands back. He's like, let's do this experimental uh, surgery. Let's do it. And like, it's um, gonna cost you. Then we see him in physical therapy. He's like being a dick to his physical therapist. Yes, and his physical therapist brings up the fact that there's a dude that came to physical therapy and then he just stopped coming to physical therapy. He's like, well, what happened? He's like, I thought he died, but he walked down the street. He has this like spout with Rachel or whatever. He's like, you like broken things? If someone's coming to cook you dinner, just like shut up. Eat you know? dinner. He like goes to this basketball court. Benjamin Bratt comes out of nowhere. Wait, is that the guy from Miss Congeniality? But that's where we learn about uh, Carmartage and we learn about the mystics and Benjamin Bratt's like, these guys took me to this temple and like now I could walk. Dark Strange goes to Nape, Nape, Nap. Naples, Naples, nipples, <laughs> Nepal. Nepal. He uh, gets robbed and finally 
meets the bald lady from earlier. The ancient one. She, she shows him like a book of chakras and he's just like, fuck. And then she just lights him up. Yeah, she just fucks the shit up. Bam, astral project. And he gets back in his body and she's like, open your fucking eye. And she goes, blah, 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 blah. This is like the Matrix. Like he is going yeah. down the rabbit hole. He took the pill and he gets to, you know, learn under his master Mordo. He ended up spending his time with Wong and trying to make him laugh for the most part. So then he's learning, he's learning. He's in, the, he's, you know, basically it's him learning. My hands are fucked up. I can't do this like swirly durl thing to like teleport. She's like, uh, it's not about that. So she opens a portal and they both walk into Everest. They're like standing on one of the cliffs in Everest, and then she just leaves his ass there. And she's like, I guess we'll see if he gets back or not. He does come back. He does come back. He looks very cold. I would be so pissed off if somebody left me in Everest, even momentarily. So, where are we up to now? Basically, he's studying up after he does that Everest bit. So, he's now he can like twirly twirl. He's like stealing books from the library while Bong's. Uh, Bong. While Wong is listening to Beyonce. And then he does the. He does the. Uh, the, the apple. apple. They're like, hey. Quit fucking with time, man. <laughs> so then Wong and, and uh, Mordo tell him about the different sanctums, right? There's there's the one they're in, which is in uh, Kathmandu, Nepal. And then there's New York City, London, and Hong Kong. Yeah, there's Zelda's attack given the New York one. Right, and then the master like of the New York one, I don't know if he gets killed, but he definitely gets messed up. Yeah, he's, he's dead. He discovers that little like window that could go anywhere in the world. And then he uses that as like a tool in the fight. And he like yeah. kicks that one zealot like into the desert and kicks the other one into like the jungle or something. And then and that's when he gets his cool fucking cape. He goes to the hospital through the portal. Yeah, he gets stabbed, so he goes through the portal, but he's like an astral projection. Rachel McAdams character is like, fuck you, Steven. He had the astral project fight with the other zealot. And everybody's like, what yeah. the sh what? That's when like the ancient one and Mordo like finds him and he's like, I did it. I saved New York. Until uh Fucking Hannibal comes back, and then so yes, Supreme man. dies. Then, then, then the big boss shows up, and he's like, "Wait, you're still alive?" And so they fight more. <laughs> I think they're in Hong Kong at that point. Bendit comes back, and he's like, "I'm gonna save the day, but not in the way you're expecting." And he's like, "Dormammu, I've come to bargain." So they trap Dur Dormammu in the in the time loop, and Dormammu's like, "Time sucks." It's like, "Leave Earth alone, because I'm going to annoy you to death." Yeah, and then he takes down Dormammu, and then that's pretty much the end. So, like, basically half the movie is just CGI fighting and running on buildings. All right, want to give a big shout-out to Brandon and Kobe Greif for uh, putting that elevator pitch together. Stick around. Later in the show, we'll be talking to Kobe a little bit more about what he does over at Screen Rant and CBR, as well as what got him into Doctor Strange, and we'll also discuss the movie a little bit with him. Very fun interview. Stick around for that. Right now, it is time for We Do Our Research. Doctor Strange was released on November 6, 2016. On this day, it shared the theaters with Hacksaw Ridge, The First Trolls, X-Men Apocalypse. Is that a good X-Men? You know what? A lot of people said no, but fuck them for saying that Andar Phoenix was bad. The, to me, I, you don't want to hear this. The best X-Men I've ever seen is X-Men First Class, which is one of the most hated. All right. In November of 2016, here are some things of noteworthiness that took place. November 4th, the Paris Agreement, uh, uh, that thing that, that controls climate change, or tries to, uh, became effective. November 8th, Donald J. Trump was elected. I kind of thought we were going to go three seasons. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, you're going to high five. I'm going to get a fist bump on that. Fuck you. Yeah. The fuck was that? Yeah. November 12th. You're fired. 
November 12th, Jackie Chan was awarded an honorary Oscar at the 8th Annual Governor's Annual Ceremony. On November 28th, Hamilton sets the record for the most money earned in one week on Broadway at $3.3 million. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange had a budget of $165 million. It made over $85 million on its opening weekend with a gross of $232,642,000 to this date. The filming locations are Nepal, New York, England. What? Nepal. Sorry. Nepal. Nepal. RuPaul's sister. I'll let it run. (laughs) All right. The filming locations are Nepal, New York, England, China, and California. It was shot from November 4th, 2015 to April 3rd, 2016. All right, Lord of Connections. I hear you have some connections. It's time for connections. All right, guys. Uh, It's kind of ironic that the atheist is calling me Lord, but hey, that's the world we live in now. It's 2021. We've survived COVID. And with that being said, uh, the character of Doctor Strange was, of course, Steve Ditko. And of course, my guy, Stan Lee, Mr. Lee, as I call him and not Bruce. And with that being said, they created the character of Dr. Strange. And while that is not a connection, I feel like I always need to pay them that homage. Now, with that being said, if you are a true fan of Stan Lee, let me ask you this. Pop quiz, hot shot. I'm talking to my co-host. Feel free to do this. Wait, you said if you're a true fan of Stan Lee and you're you're talking to me, I'm talking to you. Yeah. I just, want, I just want to see if you ever heard of this theory. You be honest right now, because I, I want to no, look at the camera because I want the fans to really see this real time. I, we've not discussed this. What do you know about Stan Lee and the double initial? Absolutely nothing. Okay. Stan Lee is truly responsible for what he calls the double initial. Initial, And what I mean by that is Spider-Man's real name is what? Don't Peter worry. Parker? PP. Uh, okay. Oh, when you go to the Fantastic Four... You have Reed Richards, Sue mm-hmm. Storm. What is what is the Incredible Hulk's real name? Uh, I'll help you before. So we no talk. Bruce Banner. Now I was I was a fan of the original Incredible the, Hulk. Oh, uh, you talking? I know Back, who you're talking about. I know Lou you're talking Ferrigno about. and what's his name? Oh, Lou Ferrigno was the best Hulk ever, and he still is. Then you have Octavius. And what movie are we doing right now? Doctor Strange. And what's his what's his whole name? Oh, Stephen Strange. Oh, fucker! There we go. Oh, All right. So with that being name. said, guys. Thank oh, God. Wait, wait. Uh, and there's, there's, uh, don't do uh, it because I'm gonna fuck you up. Do not do it. Pepper Potts. I asked you not to do it. That? I didn't know what it was. I didn't realize that what I, what I was about to do was it. My bad. I'll stop right there. It's cool. Scott Summers. You want me to keep going? <laughs> no. All right, with that being said, uh, I got so what that really truly means is Stan Lee and why and don't get me wrong this is what we call a myth the myth is is that he named all them that for a reason but it's not a myth it's true but it's not what we think it is you know why he did it it helped him remember the character's name wow <laughs> that, that, that fucked me up like bro he's been on Big Bang Theory he's been on every comic he's like, like like I thought it was some in-depth <coughs> Doctor Strange reason he was like no it just helped me remember their names I was like oh my goodness Reed Richards <laughs> that's so Sue funny. Storm Ryan Reynolds, like, 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 fuck, like, like the, fuck, the fuck out of here. Like, so, okay, Ryan there. Reynolds didn't yeah. make up that name. All right, help me out with this one. You can help. You can, even you can do this. And guys, Davis come a long way. Help me out. My my second title, no shit, Sherlock. Help me out, David. Sherlock Holmes. I don't know. You tell me. Yes. Go ahead. What about it? Oh well, it's Benedict Cumberbatch. It's Sherlock Holmes, and Sherlock Holmes always pops his collar. Oh, stop! Fuck out of here! All right, Sherlock anyway, guys, Holmes. This is Sherlock Holmes always pops his collar before he's about to solve a mystery. That's why the when he popped his collar in Doctor Strange, that was a connection to Sherlock Holmes. While you should get credit points for that, most 
true, 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 true comic book fans are gonna know that you read that off online. I did. I know, but here's the problem. Didn't everybody find out that way? No. The first fact, if you're a true fan, is that you should understand is where it's called no shit Sherlock is because Mr. Robert Downey Jr. played Sherlock Holmes as well as Benjamin Cumberbatch. Ah, you're connect. Okay, okay, okay. Why am I the Lord of Connections? That that was it. That that was. Uh... But it's okay. Thank you. I wouldn't put here for just nothing, brother. And with that being said, all right, guys, swim. Oh, could you read this for me? No, I don't. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Spinning of wooding turbine. I don't even have to read the rest. Hey, guess what? The Lord of Connection does it again. You want some Eddie Murphy and Benjamin coming back? Yeah. When Benjamin coming back gets to Comatage, he rolls his fingers. His hands across those little things and they spin. What do you remember Eddie Murphy doing in Golden Child? I want the knife. Hey guys, Mr. Warrior just fucking killed it. Did I not fucking kill it, brother? He connected the hell out of it. Yeah, fuck y'all. Oh. <laughs> All right, hear me out. Hear me out. Not me, because I have no frame of reference of where this lands within the whole universe that it exists in, so I'm not even going to sit here and insult comic book fans and, and, and fans of the MCU by trying to offer theories. What I will do, however, I don't know if you have a theory in mind, but I do want to know, for, for my time and my theory, I just want to use that time to ask you, what is your theory for how Doctor Strange and WandaVision connect? I'll tell you my theory and I'll give it to you in under 90 seconds So, you, for, because I appreciate your editing and start. Now, Doctor Strange was the first, he wasn't, let's say it, let's say it this way. We met the two sorcerers at the, uh, we met the first sorcerer, the mention of any sorcerer, truth, okay, I'm, I'm down to 75 seconds. I know Marvel fans, you know, they can do it. Let's talk about it. Okay, Frida, who is Thor's mom, uh-huh. was, the, was the, the the most powerful sorceress that we ever met in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. After that, they introduced us to Doctor Strange, but they didn't introduce us to him. Uh, Sitwell, Agent Sitwell from The Shield, who was a, her actual AKA Hydra agent, he introduced us to, to the name Stephen Strange. Now, when you talk about Stephen Strange, at that point, he was the Sorcerer Supreme. After Stephen Strange does that, they make us think that he's the most powerful uh, a sorcerer out there. But then we learned that the Scarlet Witch, plays by Elizabeth Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen character has not twins, but two boys that are the same age. Uh, so that's dope. But with that being said, the, the connection is this, Mr. Dirt and Godfrey, is this, is that Wanda, who is AKA Scarlet Witch, is the most powerful being in the Nexus universe. Didn't think I was going to do that new rock stars, CBR, Screen Rant, Canadian 0.25 lag, come fuck with us. But Doctor Strange is the most experienced sorcerer. So is the experience versus power, the immovable object versus the unstoppable force. And that's time. Yeah! <laughs> and it's the second version of Tenet. There we go. Because yeah. <laughs> I was just as just confused as you are about this is me and Tenet. Yeah. Hey, did I not kill that, man? That was good. That Thank was good. you, man. Let's fucking go, bro. I told you I got this shit, man. All right, guys. Here we are. It's time for your favorite subject and mine that I won't mention because it's NSFW. That means not safe for work. Guys, it's time for casting call. And Durden, tell us what that means. We play casting directors for our favorite films. This one, of course, being Doctor Strange. <clears throat> we are going to take a character and think like. Who would have been better, or just as good, or more interesting? You know what, whatever. David and Durden, 
Um, I have a couple of people, but I can't really decide because I haven't had my aimbot just yet. So why don't you start? I only have one. I have, Jesus Christ, and shut I, the fuck I have up. No, 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 no. Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch. You can't start. Okay. I'm going to end with Doctor Strange, but what I'm going to start with, and he's going to love this, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go off from bottom two. The one. Now, the one was played by Tilda Swinton, no pun intended. With that being said, guess what, David? Guess who I chose? Gina fucking Davis. Yeah, yeah. yeah no she kiss could have definitely done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Gina Davis. All right. Yeah. All right. I, if you get this, I'll, I'll cash up you $20. You got 10 seconds. Okay. I swear to you on everything I love. You got 10 seconds. Who would I have chose to play Wong? Same same nationality? Nope. Read the name. Uh, you talking about Karate Kid? Yeah. Yeah. Pat, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Pat Mar- the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rest in peace, Pat Morale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. All right, I know you're not going to get this one for, for Mordo. Um, Denzel Washington. No, Aldous Hodge. You ever oh, seen, yeah, seen yeah. TV show? Let- yeah. Okay, let's get to the real shit because I'm 25 seconds too late. Uh, who do you think I would chose to pick the silliest? Damn, that's a tough one. Uh, your dress him, so give me something. Jared Leto. <laughs> that's funny, kid. Rest in peace, Alan Rickman. Yeah. Hard. yeah, Snape. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Now think about it. Like, yeah. think about it, man. Uh-huh. You're just a thief. No, Mr. Nero, I'm an extraordinary thief. Like, yeah. no, no, that, that, that's that motherfucker. Yeah. They dropped him without telling they was going to drop him. The movies that made us Netflix. Hire us, man. I'm watching that shit, y'all. Yeah. All right, so you get to choose Doctor Strange, and I'll show you mine. And if you have mine, that's going to be so awesome. I'll be so happy. I, I got I got two for Doctor Strange, I think, would have played the role. Oh, well. shit, I shouldn't have peaked, but go ahead. Go ahead. Keanu Reeves. Okay, I, see, I do see that. I do see that. I can see that. And uh, John Hamm. Yeah, only be- yes, because only because of what I when I seen the movie Tag. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah, because I didn't see his comedic side because I caught I caught um I caught a uh, Mad Men like eight seasons late. Yeah. Same way I caught Breaking Bad. All right. Yeah, okay. Here we go. Bad. I'm for the fuck you up. Hey. Here you go. So Doctor Strange, got to be smart. Mm-hmm. Got to think differently. Got to be on some weird shit and be acceptable to weird shit. Jeff Goldblum. Come on, yeah, man. It would have been a very maybe if they made it in the late nineties. No, fuck that. Bro, he played. See, that's why is he the reason. Double entendre. The reason why I'm saying he plays. Uh, there's a planet in Thor Ragnarok, the third Thor, called uh, Nowhere. And it's literally called Nowhere. Some shit me and you would have made up. Mm-hmm. And he is essentially the president of Nowhere. And I feel like I'm watching Jeff Goldblum in the back of Jurassic Park, like Chaos Theory, like oh, so just like that. You just got in the car. Nobody mm-hmm. can really predict that. And that's the world we fucking live in. Yeah. And all right, guys, those were our. Swaps, sea swaps, Durden. Tell us about the real casting call that actually made it online. It's not as good as ours. All right, uh, Ben the Dick and Cumberbutt is. <laughs> he was actually the first choice. He initially declined the role due to working on stage uh, doing Hamlet, and uh, Walking Phoenix was their second choice. He declined. He didn't want to get committed to like a multi-film deal that marvel always has their celebrities or their uh, their actors sign. understandable but he's also mentioned interest in doing a second joker which i don't want to see because you know how the about secrets all right rachel mcadams was the first choice she initially uh, didn't want to star in comic book films back when iron man was being made she declined father's offer to play pepper potts 
And uh, Morgan Freeman, he was considered for the Ancient One. What? Is he not really truly the age? Were we not born with him being old? Like, seriously, fuck this LL Cool J shit. What the fuck? I know why they know everybody is from Africa. It's because of fucking Morgan Freeman. Yeah, he's been old since day one. Yeah, and Steve Martin was born with gray hair. I like it. Uh, in in previous attempts to make Doctor Strange, Wes Craven and Guillermo del Toro were both signed on to direct. Those would have been two very interesting takes on the film. And uh, a few more. Uh, Gary Oldman, he was uh, he was in talks to play Mordo. Dan Harmon, uh, the creator of Community, the creator of Rick and Morty. He was actually an uncredited consultant and made some revisions to the script. And that brings us to Pop Quiz Hot Shot. Number 10, Great Scott. Scott Derrickson, a longtime fan of Doctor Strange, actually spent his own money to create a concept video which he pitched to Marvel in hopes of being hired to direct the film. Number 9, Mirror Dimension. During production, Benedict Cumberbatch, in his full Doctor Strange getup, actually went into a comic book store and bought a Doctor Strange comic. Number 8. Big Easter Egg In one of the first few scenes during the wide shot of the Manhattan skyline, Tony Stark's Avengers building can clearly be seen. Number 7. Jazz Hands In never to make his spellcasting gestures more fluid and agile, Benedict Cumberbatch enlisted the assistance of dancer Jay Funk, to perfect his finger-tutting movements. Number 6. No acting required. Rachel McAdams' startled reaction in the broom closet was genuine. The mop was not supposed to fall, but apparently it decided to improvise, scaring an involuntary jolt out of McAdams. Director Scott Derrickson decided to keep the reaction in the film. Number 5. Dream Demon. Scott Derrickson wanted to feature the dream demon, Nightmare, and introduce his world the dream dimension, but decided to save him for a sequel. Number 4. Sibling Rivalry Mads Mikkelsen's brother Lars Mikkelsen was actually the voice of Doctor Strange in the Danish dub of the 2007 animated feature. He also played a baddie in Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. Number 3. Warning Label After the credits, a disclaimer appears warning viewers about the dangers of distracted driving. While well, this is most likely in response to the hero of the film doing exactly that, it also works as a perfect final punchline to the film's running joke about warnings being read too late. Number 2. To be frank. Astrophysicist Adam Frank served as a consultant on the film, advising how to portray changes in the human experience of space and time. Frank has also helped Marvel conceive the workings of the multiverse and has suggested dialogue and belief stances for the characters. Number 1. Bad Apple When Doctor Strange is experimenting with the Eye of Agamotto and the time spells, he uses an apple to practice on. This is a symbolic representation of forbidden knowledge. Alright guys, it is 7 Minutes in Heaven. These are our favorite scenes from Doctor Strange. Now, when we talk about 7 Minutes in Heaven, let's jump right into it. You're fans of the show. You know how we do. We talk about the, the, the really what really made us feel really, really good. And really, the, the, the scenes in the film that really took us where? Took us to a place called the Astral Dimension. And with that being said, guys, one of my first scenes is, is when the H1 falls to her death. To me... The, the really the thing that bothered with me about that it was a good scene like like a, a tragic scene but 
like there was no blood and i understand it's a marvel company like thing like that like all that stuff but like when she fell to her death it was just kind of like damn like it fucked me not like when i start out by saying there's no blood to me the really thing that's fucked me up is she she tells us later i've seen my death so many times like damn that shit like fucked up mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, my number three favorite scene in the in the film is when he first goes to the uh, Carmitage. Is that what it's called? Carmitage? Yes, Carmitage. Very good. Okay. When he first goes there to meet her, that whole interaction with them, the forget everything you think you know scene, the fact that he says that and he, he goes in and he does not forget everything he thinks he knows. And that scene was just so intriguing to me because it's a, it's a doctor and like this this metaphysical faith healer essentially having an intellectual conversation and neither of them are really disrespecting the other one and they're it was just it was a very it was a very interesting well, somebody dialogue. was disrespecting sir benjamin come back stephen strange was disrespecting her before he walks in mortal says i once too stood where you stood and i was also disrespectful before he okay walked so in, let me rephrase that there is nobody punching down okay yeah so uh yeah i just and i just thought it was a the dialogue in that scene was fantastic. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. <laughs> now, this is one of my favorite scenes because we hear pre- the, the foreshadowing is Dr. Strange's character uh, mentions to Wong that, hey, have you never heard of Beyonce? He's like, who are you talking about? And later, Wong is listening to Beyonce, mm-hmm. but not just Beyonce, a song. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. What does Dr. Stephen Strange like? He likes knowledge. He likes reading. So he went to the library, but he didn't just go to the library. He used his what? Sling ring. If you like it, you should have put a sling ring on it. Oh. That was one of my favorite fucking scenes that just got fucking paid off. Guys, hire us. This is what we do. <laughs> I love the whole interaction between Wong and, and Strange. You mean, and you mean, oh, you mean B squared? B squared? Well, Benjamin Wong, Benjamin Cumberbatch. Wake up, Cassilius! Yeah, from the first scene where he's like, even do you ever even do you laugh? And then finally he gets to laugh at the end. It was, it was yeah, it was a cool relationship. Very cool. Um, you want some more? <laughs> my number two is the first showdown between Casilius and uh, Doctor Strange. I like where he says you don't, you don't know how to use that, do you? And he 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 doesn't know how to use it, but he figures out a way to improvise. That scene is also so powerful because. That's when the relic chooses him, and that was such a cool moment. Even for somebody that's not a superhero fan like myself, that was uh, the the cape had such a cool personality and life to it. It was kind of like watching the magic carpet come to life in Aladdin, in a, like an adult version of that. Um, and then perfect. and then the cape comes and saves his life in that moment when he rises up, and you know, you kind of know what's gonna happen, but it was still awesome to see the way they pulled it off. And, uh, and and so there's these there's the powerful moments in that scene, but then there's also the, the, the some of the most hilarious moments in the whole movie. Where he's like, um, where he first comes in and and um, he's like, you know, he's like Doctor or Mister, and then uh, Doctor Strange's like it's Doctor, and he's like Mister Doctor. Uh, but it's then, strange. And then it comes, I'll admit that, but it's okay. <laughs> and then it, you get the punchline to that, like the cherry on top of that cake that they built. That's at the end of that scene where he's like, "There's no way to stop this, Mister Doctor." <laughs> that that was uh, yeah, that was just a great scene altogether. The, the the first showdown between them, and that it even goes from there into the. That's where it goes into the hospital, right? They, he he draws the portal into the hospital, and you have the whole battle between uh, his. 
um, his astral projection and the other guy and and watching like him, him use the medical science he knows about mixed with this new like uh, whatever it is that he's using magic that to, to combine those two things in order to defeat that guy in the hospital using the defibrillator um, it was awesome my number one is when the cloak attacks one of uh, one of Cassilius's uh, minions. It's the first time we see the cloak. Like Doctor Strange is injured because after the, because guess what? After the I request the elaboration scene. Watch WandaVision if you don't know what I mean. But and this is foreshadowing because it, it happened way before WandaVision when Cassilius and Doc Stephen Strange are having the having the one line we haven't mentioned and it's and it's actually uh, blasphemy if we don't is when he say we're just moments and uh, it's momentary specs in time and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Stephen Strange said that early in the film. So when he's saying that. And him and him have that conversation. He laughs, and then he was like, "Why are you laughing?" He was like, "Because you don't believe." He's like, "No, because you lost your sling ring." Once that happened, and Stephen Strange is—he uh, doesn't—he's about to die. He doesn't have his sling ring. His fucking cape goes into fucking Super Saiyan mode. It's like, "Hey, come here, bitch, <laughs> bitch, bitch, bitch." And, and listen, I'm looking. If I had a female was that was loyal like that, that's my cape. Yeah. Are you fuck like that's the best fucking shit ever? Like, fuck a gun, a knife, a shotgun. I don't even want no alien spaceship. Give me that cape. Mm -hmm. That cape ain't fucking around. It was even like, like yeah. stop. Yeah. Stop. Let's get the fuck out of here. It comes with a sense of humor, too. There you go. Uh, my number one scene is I've come to bargain. That was the ultimate payoff to the to the Doctor Strange story. The, the, there was so much uh, there was so much parallel poetry in that scene. The the, the, his whole his whole character arc was all about um, it's not about you it's it, he when the movie first opened up I'm like this dude is such an egotistical asshole there's no way I'm gonna be able to root for this guy he's a he's and he's talking about how oh I, I wanna uh, I, I, I do no harm I, I I'm all about saving lives when you're riding around, speeding across uh, around the mountain on the highway, and you're zipping in and out of cars, going into the oncoming traffic, risking other people's lives, like no. And it's she funny even, you say that. It's not it, funny. She put him in his place. But real quick, I'm, give me ten seconds. What's the flip side of that? If he did get in that accident and he calls somebody else accident, there's no movie called Doctor Strange. It's some paralyzed fuck, and their kids don't get to see their dad and mom grow up. Mm -hmm. But his his whole story is about is about his selfishness, him only really caring about himself and I'll, and I even have a line about that it's one of my favorites that, that I'll say in the next segment but the, in that moment I've come to bargain that scene was like his redemption right there he it was I mean he expressed ultimate selflessness he was willing to die over and over like Jesus but died you'll die for an eternity Jesus died once to save the to world our knowledge. He, to, he no, was, to our knowledge to he, what we were told Huh? To what we were told. Yeah, exactly. Because you, because I'm gonna base, fuck you up. Let, let, no, look at the camera right now. Give me ten seconds. Do you did you not read the the one of the strangest yet realist theories out there that while he was doing that timeline, the a ripple of that time effect between Doctor Strange and Dormammu is what created the Groundhog Day. He was living the same timeline that's, as I had not I, read that. That's out there, but that's fucking that's bro. Come into this world with me. But he was willing to die over and over again. And the and other thing about that was he was always so afraid of failure. He would turn, he would, he was like, I've never, I'm not trying, um, it wasn't about being successful, it was about not being a failure. 
and he was willing to fail over and over and over again at at like i've come to bargain fail i've come to bargain fail i've come to bargain fail so not only was he willing to die he was willing to fail which is almost worse for him so what you're saying he was a successful failure Yes, he did succeed in failing, failing over and over and over again, and was succeeding at, at ultimately winning in the game of wit against against him. So he, he's sacrificing himself so the world could live, and yeah, I thought that was, at the end of the day, he defeated his own demons, which is why I said I thought it was cool to find out that it was his voice that he was actually bargaining with, or tr attempting to bargain with. So that that's my number one scene, is the finale, or the... The, I guess we would say the big boss fight at the end of the movie. With that being said, listen. Oh my goodness. I don't know what's on your throat, but tell me about that quote. <laughs> Make your boat. <laughs> These are our favorite lines from Doctor Strange. Mordo, the bill comes due. You know why that fucked with me? I'm a, I was a bill collector for like 90% of my life. Like my fake job, like Batman and shit. But the bill comes due me. Listen, whatever you order, you got to pay for that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said Did you that. have that? Did he, you have that? No, I didn't. He, but he... Did he, you remember it? Yeah, he, he said it more than once, I believe. Like three times, like, yeah. bro, we got it. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> I'm like, I know. The bill comes due. <laughs> you sound like J.E.A. Leave me no, alone. No, he sounds like a... Good I time, know the bill is due. Uh, John Amos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My number five is uh, when when Doctor Strange is, is being presented with that's the farcical story about the guy that was completely paralyzed and Benjamin Bratt and who goes on to uh, walk even run and play basketball and and he's told this and he's like his his reaction almost instantly is he walked bullshit show me his file that because and this was early on in the movie so it was one of those moments where it was like okay this is a this is a skeptic this guy is going to be entertaining to watch Christine Palmer says I need a second opinion you had a second opinion. What you need was a competent one. If you if you wanted me to feel character development from a full movie in 30 seconds, that was it. Yeah. He comes out of surgery after playing Shazam and fucking said... Hey, Dr. Halster. You're wrong. Thank you. That's, you had me at Dr. Halster. Uh, my, my number four is... Uh, What's her name? Christine, when she says, this isn't medicine anymore, this is mania, when he's, like, going crazy after the one surgeon refuses to work on him and he's, like, willing to try anything, uh, this isn't medicine anymore, this is mania. And that, that, that is also very relevant now these days with the people's, like, the, the multitude of different reactions to a global pandemic, we have entered from medicine into mania. You lack imagination! No, you lack a spine! You have no idea what I have done. You lack a back. Because remember, Steve is using his mind. Uh -huh. And Immortal is all about the roots. Just like as the one says later, you will need Mortal's strength as he would need your imagination and courage. What scene was that in? That was, af was that after the That was right before the they first... get ready to go. That's after, the, that's after they attack the, the Sanctum. And, and he, he comes in there and he's like, I, say, I, I saved it. He's like, you saved yourself. Self. Yes, 100% yeah. correct. Yes, there you go. Fuck yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Fuck yeah. There you go. My number three is... Uh, what is it? The the, the Karmaraji? How do you say it? Uh, Karmataj. Karmataj. Okay. How long have you been at the Karmataj, mister? And I got in this with the uh, 
with the seven minutes in heaven. This is one of the reasons why I love that scene. How long have you been at the Carmitage, mister? It's doctor. Mr. Doctor? It's strange. Maybe. Mads, Mads Mickelson, I believe that's how you say his yes. name. I'll just call him Hannibal. Uh, he is so good at deadpan delivery where he is purposefully funny in a way that comes off as funny on accident. He's, he's so he's good at funny. He's funny. Yeah. He's While still being, because he did that as Hannibal a lot too, where he would say things that were hilarious, but they were hilarious because of he's saying them where like he's kind of oblivious to Let the fact fuck you that up. they're Can funny. you see him playing a character, uh, a, a bench character on Always Sunny? I could, yeah, like a landlord or something that they that they have uh, argument with or something like that. For there sure. There you go. I like that, brother. All right. This will look. This should. Be, this is not my number one. It's probably my number two. But I bet you wish it was your number one. Vanilla Sky, that one of the movies that you turned me on, uh, which uh, they start out the movie saying, "Open up, open your eyes," and it's like, oh, "Wake up, wake up," all this other stuff. The one tells Doctor Stephen Strange, "Open your eye." Not eyes. Mm-hmm. Eye. What do I have there? Eye. The third eye, the all-seeing eye. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was like I went back and I, now I didn't rewatch. I went back and re-listened. This was I don't friend. buy into all that chakra shit. Well, yeah, but he does because I went back and re not rewatched Canadian Lad is zero point two five. Shout out followers. I went back and re-listened, and when I re-listened, not at zero point two five, but just simply listening, like to me the. It's not even inaudible. They want you to know they're saying I. It was the attention to detail to the I. And it's like, if it was just subtle, it's like, okay, I don't know. But no, mm-hmm. they want you to know that they're specifically just saying I. So Easter eggs aren't just visual. They're verbal. And it's my first verbal Easter egg of the entire uh, show. My, uh, my number two is when he saves Wong at the end. Uh, he's like, I know, breaking the laws of physics, Dr. Strange. Wong says, "Well, don't stop now because it's a he. He needs his ass saved." It was just it was it was another one of those. It was character development that, that was built throughout the film that really paid off in that moment and made that moment as as fun as it was. If, listen, if this ain't your number one, I bet you I'll make you change it live right now. <laughs> Try it. Okay. Okay. And look at me when I say this. I trusted you to be my teacher, and you failed me. That is the ultimate atheist versus the most religious person in the world. I came to you broken. I told you my problems. Almost some Catholic. Like to me, mm-hmm. that is the emphasis of not just a movie of life. It's just like I came broken. I trusted you, my teacher, and you failed me. Yeah, that's Jesus, man. <laughs> oh, oh, ain't that ain't that too Catholic? Like, come on, tell me. No, before you tell me any more, what do you think about that? I, 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 I think that's a. It, yeah, it's it's great as far as like explaining that the the dynamic and it gives you so much character development in such a short period of time for Cassilius. It it lets you know that he, he he has sound logic for sure. And you, uh, and he's kind of, it's kind of like the devil that he, he, what did the devil really do wrong other than question the person who calls himself God? And this, it's kind of the same with Cassilius. He, he had, there was logic behind everything he did. There was, there was no, I didn't really see any moral qualms with he just he just had questions that weren't answered. The sad part about it is, is that we a lot. You know what? Nope, not gonna do that. Not gonna do. Yay! I concur, Doctor. <laughs> All right, my number one is 
the Ancient One, she says, we never lose our demons, we only learn to live above them. And that is just a profound statement and a beautiful way of putting it. We, we never lose our demons, we only learn to live above them. It's like, when people go to counseling, that's, what, that's exactly what they're doing. It's like, I know I have whatever affliction that brought me here, whether it be addiction or whatever, I know this is something that I was born with and I'm gonna have to live with. There's no escaping it, but I need to learn how to function in life without it affecting me. I need to learn how to, you know, get by above it. So I, I think that was like the coolest line in the movie and ultimately was like a premonition for how Doctor Strange ends up winning at the end of the day. He he rises above his own demons. He's uh, willing to fail over and over again and uh, and do that for all eternity if necessary. Death is what gives life meaning. I concur. That's the... Hey, man. Life is strange. Guys, what were your favorite lines in Doctor Strange? Let us know in the comments. And while you're moving your mouse and have your hands on the keyboard, be sure to subscribe, maybe share. And let's get on to scene stealers. Alright, throw the board up. Down. Throw the board down. And let's start with, we did episode one, Vanilla Sky. That was Cameron Diaz. CD. Episode two, we did Tropic Thunder, and that was Mr. Robert Downey Lincoln Jr. Osiris. Episode three, we did Django Unchained. Christoph Waltz. Episode four was Reunited States documentary, so we move on to episode Levitons. five. Episode five was uh, Coming to America. The and, Eddie that is Murphy. And episode six was Lean on Me. The Joe that was Clark, the Morgan that was Freeman, the engine that was company. And here we are at episode seven, Doctor Strange. Who is our scene stealer of the film? I have two honorable mentions. Uh, my first honorable mention is uh, uh, Benedict and Cumberbatch because... <laughs> He, uh, he was, uh, this is really, I think this is the first thing that I've actually seen him in. I never saw Sherlock Holmes. I never saw, wasn't, was, no, I don't think he was Doctor Who. I feel like he should have been. But anyway, I never saw him in any of that. But this was, a, I think this was the first thing that I've really seen him in. And he kind of reminded me of Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Uh, he was uh, witty, cocky, arrogant, but at the same time, likable. And I think, I think, I was pleasantly surprised by how well he pulled that off. That's my first honorable mention. Do you want me okay. to do my second honorable mention? I'll go to my honorable mention. My honorable mention is for uh, Benedict Wong. I want to give him credit because he plays that character, but then he also stars in the um, Umbrella Academy, and so the range is shown. And like, like, like he he has a, a, a few lines in a lot, but but he has a major part in Doctor Strange. But when he gets in Avengers Endgame. He has one line. What you wanted more? But so many people across so many states and countries quote that line and they know it. It's like, damn. Shit, I've seen actors have fucking 98% dialogue. But Benjamin Wong, who said five words in a fucking, or seven words in a fucking Marvel film, what you wanted more? And so he was he was giving that but I see him in this movie so I gotta give him honorable mention because like damn he is actually fucking a good fucking actor yeah his scenes were some of my favorite in the movie I see it B Benjamin uh or Benedict Wong B-dub B-dub 
Mads Mickelson, honorable mention. Hannibal. I've only ever saw him as Hannibal, and he he kind of plays the same character, not not like the same sentiment of a character. He's menacing while humorous. He's dry. He's kind of robotic, um, but he does it really really well. And I I wouldn't mind seeing him play a few more roles like that. I I, I concur, Doctor. My, you want my scene stealer? I'll go. Okay. My scene stealer. <laughs> my scene stealer is Tittle Swin. My scene stealer is Tittle Swin because it's one thing to be given a role, but when you're given a role in a Marvel film, in a Marvel universe, in the MCU, that all these pro your fucking destiny is predetermined by so many people, like so many hands at the pot. This is not like doing an independent film or a low budget film, or even a high price film. Like there's so many people. Like I feel sorry for the directors who have to direct these films because you're still putting into a fucking box. And god damn it, I hate well you put a crayon into a box. I hate that shit. I just want a color. And with that being said, um, I give it to her because. She dealt with the backlash of not only just playing a, a male character, she dealt with the backlash of not being oriental. And I didn't think she had any type of physical prowess or she could make me believe that she was Gina Davis in Lone Kiss Goodnight or Uma Thurman in Kill Bill or even uh, Vivica Fox in Kill Bill. Like and She didn't make me feel like she had that prowess. So you, you showed me something I didn't know you had. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't get upset because I knew you weren't supposed to. Like, you know me. I hate when they made fucking... Uh, in Daredevil when they made uh Mr. Big what Mr. Fix or whatever they made him a black guy when they make him like I hate when they I don't I understand I grew up with Superman being white so I don't want to see black Superman I don't want to see this I want to see I want to see what I was taught because it's a reflection of my time yeah. and so I understand that I shouldn't narrative should say from comic book that I shouldn't like the 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 chosen one or the ancient one being a female. But to me, man, she killed it, brother. And I got to give it to her because I've seen the other films. And so I can't expect you to agree with me. What I will say is, is that I didn't see Tilda Swinton when I saw that character. I saw the ancient one. I didn't see Tilda Swinton when I saw that character either, which is precisely why I can agree with you. That's why I said I had surprises. Forget everything you think you know. Wait a minute. Is this your honorable mission or your number one? That's my number one. Oh, shit. I ain't got enough stuff. I ain't got enough coffee here for now. You, you, you know I'll pull you. fucked me up. Don't do, don't, don't do this to me right now. Do not do this to me right now. So unanimously, I begrudgingly say, <laughs> Tilda Swinton. When did you write this? Last night and confirmed this morning. Okay, all right. Get on the board, Mrs. Swinton. What the fuck? <laughs> are you are you shitting me? Oh, so Tilda Swinton is our unanimous scene stealer. You have nothing to say about it. You uh, just agree with what I, what I said. I, I really like to move past it as quickly as possible <laughs> and just move on. Tilda. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm honest, not happy. Those two always don't always, always uh, intersect, but I will always choose honest. <laughs> Tilda <See>. Swinton. Um, <laughs> all right. Tilda Swinton. Congratulations, you are a scene stealer. Or one of I think we've had a few unanimous scene stealers this uh I bet you didn't think it was gonna be this time if you chose Tilda. I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> what's happening is we are getting into cast crew or you. Hey you and uh we'll be joined we are joined by Kobe Bryth, writer of CBR and Screen Rant. 
uh, comic book resources and Screen Rant. Check out his work, but first, check out this interview. All right, guys, we got a special guest for you today. And what I mean by special guest, each season we only allow one you out of the cast, crew, and you category. Last season, it was my big brother for Jackie Brown. And this season, we have something special for you. He, I'll let him tell, tell you about himself, but before he tells you, David, why don't you tell us his name and tell us a little bit about him. His name is Kobe Greif. He is a writer for Comic Book Resource and Screen Rant. And, um... That's about that's there's that's about all that. That's I know. all you know. That's all you know. Hey, first off, Kobe, thank you for joining us today. How are you feeling, man? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I'm like honored to be the one you and the whole season. That's awesome. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what you uh like what what you do at CBR, what you do at Screen Rant, and and pretty much just put the audience's mind at ease that uh, they're about to listen to somebody who knows what they're talking about, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um. Yeah, so I uh, work for uh, CBR and Screen Rant, uh, mostly writing articles, list articles. Um, recently started doing some more features uh, for CBR. Um, that's Comic Book Resources. And um, they're both under the same umbrella company. So it's cool. I get to write about anime, movies, comics. Um, and a lot of my topics, I get to pitch myself. So kind of like whatever I'm watching that week or, you know, thinking about um, like uh, I, speaking of Marvel, I was watching the first Iron Man with some friends and I was like, everything was catching my eye. So I just started making a list right then and there. And that became, you know, one of my more recent lists. So it's just, it's awesome. I, now, Kobe, I like that. Let me ask you a question though, because there's some kid out there sitting on some sofa watching this interview right now. Well, technically not now, but we have the Agamotto. So it's next Thursday. He's going to be watching it. But with that being said, they're saying, Hey, I want to do that with my life. And clearly you just didn't jump from the couch to here. So please let them know it's a lot of hard work. How'd you get from the couch to where you're at right now? Uh, to be honest, it was probably the easiest thing. So, like out of all the things in my, my life, I feel like the hard stuff is always the wrong stuff sometimes. But um, <laughs> yeah, literally, you know, was like, how do you write for these guys? You literally go on their website, follow the link, you apply, you just do your best. I guess I was lucky to get it. I've always enjoyed writing. And um Next thing I know, I'm writing these articles, and now it just feels like a little too good to be true. But uh, and now I'm on this podcast, so it's like, it's just I'm, I'm, crazy. I'm always uh, I'm curious that like when you because I, I watch a lot of the Screen Rant list videos, I read a lot of the articles, and I'm always like fascinated by how oddly specific they are sometimes like the top 10 villains that didn't realize they were a villain until the final <laughs> act like where do you like how, how do those ideas come to you for like like because the lists are just so crazy sometimes and there's so many so to come up with a list that yeah. offers something fresh is impressive impressive in itself yeah like i think you know they they try really hard not to have duplicates obviously so sometimes it's like uh, just a small variant off of another idea um, and, but I think, you know, it's kind of like when a company gets made like Uber and everyone's like, Oh, I thought of a great idea, but someone had already thought of that. I'm sure. And it's mm -hmm. like, then I look on the list and I'm like, Oh, I guess nobody thought to write this list. You know, I wrote, a, I wrote a bunch of lists, um, uh, for avatar, the last airbender. I talked about different anime characters that would make awesome airbenders or waterbenders. And, right. um, I was surprised no one had written that before, but you know, I was able to write for all, all, all different bending styles and, um, yeah. So it's like, you get, just let your creativity flow and it's awesome. What was your first interaction with Dr. Strange? Like when did you first see it? What was your initial thoughts? So it was when I was living in Atlanta, me and my girlfriend, who's now my fiance, 
we um we went to some there was like this really hole in the wall movie theater it was a regal but it was like at like a dying mall and it was like cheap like four dollar tickets we went and it was awesome i was like this was i think it was the first marvel movie where i was like this is so different you know i felt like yeah it had the action and everything but i felt like it was way more like creative and and artistic um and now we've had a a little more of that you know with wandavision other things but yeah, like I was pretty blown away by that. And also a huge Benedict Cumberbatch fan. I love like I love Sherlock on BBC. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I think uh, Star Trek Into Darkness came out at that point. So like, you know, he was in a lot of stuff and, and it was cool to see him in Marvel. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's the reason why he told me that I would like this movie. This should be my introduction to the Marvel Universe because I would appreciate that because it's 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 different from the other movies in certain ways and not. I thought it was like I I didn't expect a comic book film to be so like uh, unafraid to be intellectual to it's, the level that it was. It's the joke. It's the Joker. Um, a film of the for Mar- it's the Joker of Marvel. Because think about it again. He gets in an accident, loses his mind. You know, like he gets crazy. How he how he treats old girls like how he treats Harley Quinn. She's his. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's the exact same, but what I am saying is. I knew because of you using your mind because I saw how turned on when he first met Vision. He first met Vision. He didn't know who the fuck Vision was. We started watching WandaVision. He was like, wait a minute. Paul, it's Paul Bateney. I'm like, yes, yeah, Paul Bateney. And I was like, oh, if you love this, oh, he didn't throw, I mean, barely, the one punch he threw in Doctor Strange almost broke his hand again in Karmatai. So yeah, this is for you. This yeah. For you. And I'm not even one of those people that I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm better than Marvel movies or something like some indie filmmaker that's like, oh, these are below me, like Martin Scorsese or something. <laughs> no, I just who directed I, Doctor Strange? Exactly. I, but who? I, I, see what the fuck I'm talking about? Departed Scorsese. See what I'm saying? I'm just I'm just saying that I'm not. I, I want to put it out there that I don't. I, I'm not anti Marvel. I just <laughs> I just nothing it for the most part. It's just Let me get this straight. Anything. You have black friends is what you're telling me. That's exactly what you're saying about this film. Like a Marvel. Like oh, I I I've watched Marvel films. No. Okay, so Doctor Strange is my token. Uh, there you go. Okay. There you go. I don't want to like talk about Martin Scorsese for too long, but I will say it's funny you bring it up because it's like. It's not like Martin Scorsese is an indie director. You know, he directs big blockbuster films. And I think it's, it's, you know, I understand the criticisms. I do. But just Marvel makes people so happy. You know what I mean? It does. And I think whether you're, whether you're a huge fan, you've seen every movie, every show, or you've read all the comics or, or whether you just dabble in it. I think like, you can't deny that. Like it's everywhere. People enjoy it. You know what I mean? And even if you're just dressing up, even if you have your wife put makeup on your face, you know, it's fun. Like, just doing that, you're a fan. We're the first era, and he's in that, I would say anywhere from 28 to 38. We're in that era to where you were born with comic books already being there. You were, By the time you get around 9 or 10, cartoons are out there, X-Men, everything's going on. And now we're adults, and we start paying to go see these movies being made like in front of our eyes. And our kids are being born, and we're teaching them about it. And now we're doing a show. We've seen, we're that one golden era that's seen everything. And that's why it's so prevalent, is what I feel right now. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of us... You know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I went, Iron Man was the first MCU movie. I saw that with my dad. We were uh, taking my older brother up to college uh, summer orientation. I, I had to tag along, I guess. And that's what we did, you know. And now we're 23 movies later and multiple shows. And it's like, I think it's just like, it's part of people's families. It's part of people's foundations at this point. So where would, uh, where would Doctor Strange rank in your top 10 lists of Marvel films? 
Oh, it wouldn't be on the top ten. Oh wow! Is that should I should I lie? No, 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 no. He no, he's confused now. He's a real no, and I have no frame of reference beyond that. But I do, so I can't. And and, wow, okay. Now you're you're talking about the MCU, right? Not every other Mark, Mark, not Howard the Duck or anything. You're talking about like just strictly MCU. Just MCU. Just MCU. Okay, all right. What is your number 10? I don't even want to know your number one. What's your number 10? If that's not your top 10, what is number 10? I don't know what number 10 is, but I definitely have my go-to favorites. And I think that, but, you know, that's that's what's great about Marvel. It's like, there's something for everyone a little bit. True. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really like the, the Captain America movies are so, I think Winter Soldier and Civil War are like almost the gold standard. That's the number two on his list. Because it's the, it's the Russo brothers. They also directed Community and I love Community. And I think it's really? just like for for me, and that's just like where it needs to be. But to be fair, you know, Doctor Strange in a lot of ways is the future of where Marvel's going. It's going into the magic and the multiverse and all that stuff. And so, and Captain America, you know, he's done. I mean, not spoilers, I guess, but you know, we're <laughs> done with that. You know, we're done. You know, so we're going into this new age. So I think it's kind of cool that you got to now see Doctor Strange. I think you're going to appreciate where things go even more because. You know, Doctor Strange 2 is coming along, Multiverse of Madness, and that's where right. that's where it's all going down. Right, and it's the first, it'll be the first film, to Doctor Strange 2 will be the first film to do the direct tie-in from the MCU as far as the TV shows and that, because Olsen, Olsen, if we can call her Olsen, uh, Scarlet Witch will be there. He, you're blowing his mind right now by saying he wants to know, he's going to ask you, email him later, what's your top 10, because he this is his number one. He's looking like, it's my only one. He's only seen three. I'm joking. <laughs> All right, so let, let's let's let me dive right into your Doctor Strange knowledge. Then I'm gonna throw some. I mean, a hey, pop quiz, hot shot. We use that's one of our segments. But we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually now I'm gonna actually close the book. So this is gonna just be from my mind to your mind. We're just gonna oh, do this right oh, there. Hold on a second before you do that, because I'm my mind is still blown by the fact that you said that the director of Community did Winter Soldier. Is but that- I told you that Russo brother. See, here's the thing: the first Captain America was cool. When the Russo, I've said I, that's why I know you weren't listening. The, I told you the Russo brothers. And in fairness, I didn't know they directed Community, so we're good here. Oh. But that when for some reason when they took over with Cap, Cap Winter Soldier is is a top three fucking Marvel film, dude. And I'm so fucking pissed that I've not. They've done Sebastian so wrong ever since that <laughs> film. Like he's not he's not badass anymore. He was the kill, coldest killer in the fucking world. Never read that story, huh? Top tier action. Top tier action, but then he goes from fucking people handing them AR-20s and doing all this shit and catching the shield. Now, every time we see him, he's just holding up a raccoon, shooting guns. Like, man, give him some fucking justice. I, I tried to watch that. I didn't watch Winter Soldier because I tried to watch Captain America, whatever the first one was. You know, that's a, that, I feel like that's a rough one for a lot of people. I think it's important for the overall story, but... I'll agree. It's it should be like a prequel. They should let us see Winter Soldier and then like until the, the next one came out, then gave us the first Avenger. Make it a prequel. They would they put it this way, bro. They would if we'd have never got the first one after he died in this one. Spoiler alert. They would have ate that shit up if they would have gave us the prequel. They would have ate it up. Exactly. It up. That's true. That's true. But you know, everyone loves everyone loves their origin stories. They do. That's what I liked about Doctor Strange was it, it tricked me into uh, I was invested in the character before it became a comic book film and the acting was just so good. It was. It was that's why I enjoyed Iron Man because the directing with John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr's acting was just mm-hmm. it was incredible for a movie, not just a comic book movie but for a movie in general. But I'm gonna tell you, but yeah. to be honest with you, Christopher Nolan had a lot to do with how the MCU had to start taking it serious. And that's the one thing, that's the one thing that they can hold over Marvel. That's the only thing I think they can hold over Marvel is that when Christopher Nolan took over Batman, he said, I want it set in a real world. 
We can do it. Right. We'll still put all of it. But and so Iron Man made you feel like it's in a real war. They they played on Afghanistan. They played on the heart. Proof that Tony Stark has a heart. So all of those things happen. If you notice. That's why you got to go back and watch, like he said, 22, 23 films, because if I'm not mistaken, help me out here. And Winter Soldier, as he was just talking about, is the first time we hear the name Dr. Strange, Dr. Stephen Strange in the uh, in the in the multi in the universe. Am I, am I correct? That's like that's a deep cut. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Like when they're uh, targeting the uh, potential threats, the Hydra, right. you know, right. take, taking over uh, whatever those are called, the helicarriers. And they, mm-hmm. they do mention Stephen Strange. So, you know, that was where they started to get into the more Easter eggs. Um, and I think going back to what you were saying in terms of, you know, Iron Man and, and I think Christopher Nolan's Batman's definitely set a, a new standard, a new tone. Um, and then and I think Iron Man was super relevant at the time, you know, dealing with, you know, terrorism and dealing with, you know, corrupt um, corporations. That was literally the summer of 2008. So I think it was just like I think that's also what got people just like hyper relevant. And a lot and a lot of, of what other people talk about, too, is that Robert Downey Jr. is like personal life is so mirroring the character of Tony Stark in terms of battling, you know, alcoholism and other issues. So I think like, I don't know, it's just kind of like this perfect storm, you know, and yes, you know, kind of like us, just kind of like us today. You know what I mean? Yeah. What blew my mind about, and I know this is about Dr. Strange, but Iron Man, what blew my mind about that movie was at the end of it. Like I grew up with superheroes that were all about anonymity, Superman, Batman, like at the end of uh, Iron Man, he's just like, I am Iron Man. I'm like, where the hell do you go from there? <laughs> After they told him not to say it, but that's what made him badass. Yeah. It's just, yeah, he's just, he's, just, he's badass, man. I like, I, again, going back to the director as a community during Winter <laughs> Soldier, because I saw something on IMDb, and I don't know if you can confirm this or not, but because I, I, I trust IMDb about as far as I can throw a couch. But I saw in there that Dan Harmon uh, was like a uncredited ghostwriter on uh on doctor strange as far as like the revisions and everything did, did you ever hear that uh dan Harmon, the writer oh, the of the okay. community creator okay. community okay. i mean you know it's it's i i heard you know with these marvel movies such a big production it's possible he got his hands on that script especially with his relationship to the russo brothers and then to marvel you know you never know yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so we're diving right. We're going right into commentage. Watch this. Your pop quiz, and he didn't let me do a pop. Who voiced Who voiced the villain in the film? Dormammu. Dormammu was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch himself, the Doctor. So he was. He was literally Hero and the villain. He was literally battling himself at the end Demons. of that movie. Demons. I think this was even after because he voiced. Um, he did the motion capture for Smog in uh, the Hobbit movies. He's pretty, you know, and I think he he's done a few other motion capture. Uh, roles and he there's some behind the scenes stuff that's hilarious to watch on uh youtube of him being a dragon it's great it's really good so let me let me ask you this okay so you talk we're talking about dr strange here and like you said he asked you your first interaction with it but i would ask you this what were some of your top scenes from that from that film i know it's back 2008 but what were some of your top scenes from the film that blew your mind yeah i mean definitely the uh the scene once when he like enters i call it the matrix but when she like pushes him out and he's going through that whole crazy thing. He's got like hands on hands. I mean, that like haunts my haunts my dreams. But also, it was awesome. You know, like I'm seeing this in a in a superhero movie. I thought that was cool. I loved. <clears throat> I thought the comedy of him. You know, when he was uh, his astral projection self fighting the other astral projection guy at the hospital was great. Um, and I'm a huge. I love Rachel McAdams. So just like seeing her in the movie, I felt like she didn't have enough to do. But you know, they fit her in. And then all like the. Uh, the inception, like the the buildings falling on one another kind of stuff was crazy. And it was just cool. I thought they like they made magic look cool. I'm not, you know, 
I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan. I didn't really read the books growing up and, and I enjoy the movies. I, I recently marathoned them. Um, they were all on HBO Max for a little and uh, now they're on Peacock. But, you know, I just never really understood that level of magic. I felt like it was it was too old school a little bit. And this made magic kind of seem cool. It made it seem, I don't know, like it made it seem heroic. It didn't just make it seem mystical. What, is, like, what does Cassilia say? You don't know how to use that, do you? <laughs> so he's saying it's cool. Like, no, neither do I. Shit. All right, let's let's see what happens here. Yeah, and all like the cool, and you got like the cape, and you got all the 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 like shield looking things, and I don't know, just like visually was cool. Now somebody said they were going to have an infinity gauntlet, or 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 did you go back in time? Uh oh, uh oh, it's the iron gauntlet. It's the iron gauntlet, Stella. He has no idea what it is, Stella. Yo, like this is this is love right here. This is my fiance got me this for my birthday recently. We were at my uh, cousin Brianna's boyfriend's place, and he just has this in his bedroom. And I'm like, I'm like, are you the coolest person in the world? I'm like playing around with it, and she sees me. I'm like, I've never been this excited. So uh, that night, she went online and bought it, and kept it from me. I was like, damn, that's crazy. And now we keep it right on our bookshelf, which is maybe a little too much. But one day we'll have a house. I'll have my own. Caves, we'll put it there. Uh, uh, That's the coolest shit ever, man. It's yeah, because it's, it's not, it's not, it's not the Infinity Gauntlet, it's the Iron Gauntlet, and you have no the fuck idea what we're talking about. Catch up, man. Nope. Jeez, the wheeze. <laughs> shit. No, but you know what? I like. I'm almost jealous because, like, I've seen all these movies a million times, and it's like I want to watch them again for the first time. You haven't it. You know what I mean? Like, I. My plan is, is that like, if I ever get hit by a car and I'm and I'm bedridden for like six months i i've got that in my back pocket for something to do no the only issue with that is now i like want you to get bedridden you know so it's like now i feel <laughs> you want them to you know what i've been dealing with here <laughs> jesus christ man no you know what it is yeah, he, look I, I tell people all the time i'm like these movies are amazing and i love them but i love this stuff and i think everyone would but it's a lot of commitment and i oh, yeah. you know res- i respect people have jobs you know people have responsibilities you know but they should have started from the beginning because then it's just a two-hour commitment once a year. Yeah, it, and it's not even about that because I make time. I'll, you know, I, I am busy, but I will still sit on YouTube for three hours at night before I fall asleep and, and just binge watch five-minute videos at a time. Right, so I've, right, I've right. got the time. That's not really a valid excuse for me. It's it's really what you said. It's just it's become such a daunting Mount Everest of a task at this point to even get into. My thing is this. I want him to go back to experience the pain me and you felt watching the first fucking incredible hole with Eric Banner. He has he's seeing the good times. He's skipping all the shit we had to go through. That's not fucking fair. <laughs> We've seen the incredible hole get recast three fucking times. You got to sit through the pain. <laughs> Jesus, man. Nah, we'll just we'll just write for you. We'll just write the spark notes up. You can just enjoy the good ones like we'll fill in the blanks. There it is. There it is. There it is. So whatever, you know, not every not everybody wants the wants the reward at the end. Before before we before we close the interview, is there? I want to end it on something with you. Is there like a recent article that you've written uh, or any piece that is like that's special to you in any way or that you're that you're particularly proud of that you'd want people to check out if if like they're looking for an introduction to your work? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, proud of everything for sure. Um, to be honest, like just in line with what we're talking about the MCU stuff, I mentioned it before, but. Um, my most recent Screen Rant article, um, it's called The MCU 12 Moments That Are Foreshadowed in Iron Man. And um, it's kind of like, it, you know, I think you'll 
any MCU fan will enjoy like I did. I was like watching this movie and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, like we're going to see that. And I think it's like, it just shows the power of where the MCU came from and how it really built upon itself. Um, it's easy for future films to reference previous films, but it's rare that we get to see a film just like be shown throughout an entire franchise. So, you know, I'm hoping to do articles like this for a lot of MCU movies, but um, we'll start here. So yeah, check that out. Awesome. And uh, yeah, Kobe, thank you so much for uh, finding us at just the right time in our yeah. lives and being here today. Yeah. And um, oh, let's uh, give him an applause because I think he passed the test. Audience, give him an applause. Yeah, let's give him an applause. You're supposed to be clapping. Add the effects. I'm going to add the effects in. I don't know, but now I'm clapping. Hey, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Check him out. We will put the links in the description for this video and any other videos that this video is contained within. And um, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, oh yeah. One more thing, Kobe, do you have anything that you would like, like any parting words or anything like that, that you'd like to share with the audience before we move on? Yeah. Um, and I'm a big fan of this is two things. One, don't tell people they have to watch anything. They don't have to do anything. If you want someone to watch it, you have to convince them. And if you can't convince them, that's on you a little bit. That's one. And two, like what you like. Don't just like something because everyone else is liking it. That's not cool. There's so much great content out there these days that it's a shame to not find your own niche of what really excites you, you know? And for a long time, you know, I was like, I wasn't telling people like anime, but guess what? Right now I'm currently watching the reboot of Digimon and it is incredible. So it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like what you like and you'll find like-minded people. I mean, look, I wouldn't think I'd be in this room with you guys right now talking about Marvel movies. And here I am. And it's only because you like what you like, you shout it out from the rooftop. So I love the original Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen twins VHSs. It takes two. Steve Gutenberg. Chris, yeah. All right. So you told me to be yourself. And then as soon as I Oh, no, I thought you wanted me to say what I love. (laughs) I love Pam Green, Jackie Brown. Okay. All right. Kobe, thank you very much for being here. We very much appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. Hey, man, listen, Kobe did your thing. Appreciate you coming to the show, guys. Please follow his work because he's following ours. And hey, maybe we'll work together soon. Links are in the description. And according to the Agamotto, we will work together soon. <laughs> All right, guys, that brings us to what would we change? A.K.A. Room for Improvement. So with that being said, my room for improvement would be this. I'll tell you this. My room for improvement would be with myself. And what I mean by that is when I first watched this film and when it came out in 2008, I hated it the last scene like i hate it i'm like i'm gonna mentally you built me up so much and you let me off here but Re- remind me real quick what what well, what's I said the last scene scene? i'm talking about demarble i've come to battle demarble i've come to battle demarble i've come to battle like when he kept doing oh, it over and over oh, wow, and, okay. I, and i understand i understood you the, realize that the, was my number one right no it's fine no it's fine i understood the logic behind it but when i said what i would change i wouldn't change the scene i would change my mindset and what i mean by that in 2008 when i watched that film I would have to I'll be honest I was so pumped up on jet and jet uh, pumped up on Marvel steroids and all that other stuff what I've seen I wasn't ready for them to give me a Joker and, it's, and don't get me wrong joke and when I say Joker, I'm doing a disservice to Joker because Dr. Strange is not a Joker but I wasn't prepared for them to give me acting in a superhero film and this is the first film where I really felt it wasn't a scene it wasn't an act it was a film that dedicated true acting to what was going on and shout out shout out to the director so with that being said I wouldn't change the film I would change how I felt about it because at first the end scene I hated and then it wasn't until we did the rewatch and I talked to you and I talked to the guest and I talked to myself and I did the deep dive again I was like oh shit he truly 
really didn't understand his powers and he only understand he said it right before he goes into the to fight Darmamu, a world beyond time so it was just like another procedure to him like hey yeah i'm a, a pain is an old friend i'm simply going to yeah I, I i'm gonna keep dying but earth is safe it wasn't about him anymore and that to me was why i would change what i would say because one of the lines we didn't say is what the ancient when tilda swinton says steven for as smart as you is and as talented as you are you lack the most important lesson of all what it's not about you mm-hmm. yeah I, I got i've got nothing to change about that movie i i, I and you said that i'm an like anti-marvel i respect what they do I would never want that job. And you and I, I've caught glimpses of other Marvel movies and like I expected to have a lot of those things on my mind watching this one. Like, why are you you know, you're loading it up with so much effects and it's, it's so fast that I can't even tell what's happening and it, it looks messy and sloppy. This like when they cut to effects on this and the, the city is folding in on itself and they're uh, in, in inception in while tenanting at the same time and doing it better than both of them did and like you have you have all of the you have in this movie you had all of the great acting that you would expect to see in any great film and then on top of that you have these insane effects that I can't even begin to imagine how we're pulled off or what kind of mind even like kept that put together to map out. So I, I wouldn't change anything because I don't have the right. I have Agamotto has spoken. I love that. There we go, brother. Fuck given. Let's get in the fucks given. All right, guys, you know what time it is. It's time to put those middle fingers up. How many do you have? And listen, this week we're going to tell you how many fucks we give about the movie Doctor Strange? Jordan, take us away. 4.75. Because like I said, it it's a great movie on its own. And it's got amazing effects. So it's it's killing it. And I have a few notes about just like things that I really liked about it. Um when he's he's telling the ancient one why he became a doctor, you know, like I do no harm, save people, and I was about to call him out. Hippocratic like, oath, like, whatever it's called, is more like hypocrite because <laughs> he was. Uh, like, oh, oh, I, like I knew that that was not what you he didn't was hear. Seeing this, no, no, I'm saying I was about to call him out. I was about to get really angry at the movie because I'm like, this is a character flaw. But she did what I wanted to do. She says. You became a doctor to save yourself. Like it was, it goes back to everything she said. It's all about you. Let me blow your mind. At the beginning of the movie, the first fucking 30 seconds of the movie, Cassilius, who you're dressed as, calls the ancient one hypocrite. He doesn't just, that's not a throwaway line. He finds out what he thought was true. When she bent the dimension, he was like, this bitch is using the dark dimension. Mm-hmm. They, that's why she wore the hood. She didn't want anybody to see this fucking thing on her head. So when he, when he saw her using, he's like, hypocrite. Yeah, oh yeah. That's the first 30 seconds, well not 30 seconds, but the first minute of the film. But it goes to what you just said. So ironically, she tells him, Stephen, it's not about you. They were the same fucking people. She was bending the rules of of what fucking uh, matter and law was to stay alive, to to do what she thought was better, and so was fucking he. Hypocrite. Good job, man. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Again, I have it right here. The effects were insane. 
when the city is when the city is totally broken down, flipped around and kaleidoscoped, then you could actually watch it happen with your eyes and see like it wasn't just they didn't just blur a bunch of shit and then make it come back the way they wanted to. There you could see the parts actually moving and turning into something else. It was just so impressive to watch. Um, I said made Inception looks like child's play. Uh, I, I love the part where he, where Dr. Strange gives, uh, Nick, the other surgeon, the scalpel, um, where, where to, you do to let him work. Yeah. It's like, that was, that right there was like, the he first, went from bachelor's degree to you take the scalpel. That was his first step to like defeating his own ego. Um, when, when he pops the collar, trying to be cool, the thing caresses his face to call back to Sherlock Holmes and just, stop. just such a, yeah, stop. <laughs> The movie was so intelligent on so many levels and it was fun with the effects, the good effects and the good action. And on top of that, it was, it knew how to have fun with itself. And then I believe my last note is, uh, yeah, the poetry of what he had to do to save the day, the come to bargain, the, the poetry of his watch breaking before he goes to a place and learns how much of an illusion time is. And the fact that he puts that broken watch on at the end almost to like to to signify that he is staying within this uh dimension where time doesn't matter or, or at least staying on this path that will keep him um within that mindset of being outside of time so uh, yeah i think i thought it was a welly uh, a, a welly i thought it was a very well fleshed out movie the character development was fantastic and i couldn't ask for anything else from a film so 4.75 I take off point twenty-five for Marvel blowing itself at the beginning of it, making me sit for forty-five motherfucking seconds of. Oh, stop fucking with that! I love that intro. I want to make my short sweet since I rambled along. I give it a four. Wow! So you're gonna put me in a position to have given Doctor Strange more fucks than you? No, no, you're in the position to say that. I give it a four because of the they were put into the confines of having to be constructed on what would happen before doing it after that film this film was not allowed to be a five or ten or 15 or 20 so i think they did the best they could do with what was allowed giving to them and so four is the maximum fucks i can give this not because of my scale but because they were like handcuffed by again listen no matter how great you want this film to be uh it needs to lead into this and like if I'm writing a movie, I don't want you to come tell me, hey, the, that female hero, Wonder Woman, let's make her a dog because we got this film called Lassie and we're loving it. And that's my whole point. So I'm not saying they did that to the director. What I am saying is, is that for what the director was given, the, the, the acting, to me, this is a four. But my, this four is better than some films that were allowed to do the thing that I think are have higher numbers. Because like you just said, the visuals, you did you just hear what you just fucking said? How fucking lucky are we? How fucking beautiful should we think the world is? You just fucking said that Doctor Strange's effects makes Inception look like child's play. The, mm -hmm. pe the people from E.T. want to fucking stab you in your fucking throat. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Like, like, but, but it's the truth. It, it, dude, when we, we've edited and we're not bad. Like, listen, I'm good at what I fucking do. I'm a good editor. I'm not great. He is not even, he fucking Edward Scissorhands. And even he says, like, we're watching it. Like, there's no feathering. There's no glitches. They're like, like, I know y'all had months. And if I had mm -hmm. months to work on the scene, I get it right too. But my point is like, God damn, man. Yeah. I, shit. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I fuck the director. Who's the FX guy? I want to talk to you. What like like that shit? Like so was, that's why it's such a high rating. It was good all around. I mean, the effects people were on point. The writer was on mm -hmm, point. Mm -hmm. the, the direction. Yes. Uh, 
hats off because how do you keep that together? Yes. The assistant direction. Yeah. I mean, the, and the acting. I mean, I, I can't even think of somebody that was that was like ill cast in that. I, I, no, you you didn't feel like I want to see her. I want to see this. And truth be told, uh, the actress that played uh, Miss Palmer, say her name again, Rachel McAdams. Yes. To me, she played a more believable character than Gwyneth Paltrow. As far as Iron Man's old lady, and I'm gonna stop it right there because the women are now at TTFT. And, and once again, she's stuck with a dude that's just like leaping in and out of time, because uh, she was also Eric Bana, Hulk's wife in The Time Traveler's Wife. I saw that film, fucker. So, and 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 years later, she is still a time traveler's wife, or at least a time a, a time traveler's prospect. She went from the Hulk to Doctor Strange. And, and they were both so for from, traversing uh, time. From Dr. Banner to Dr. Strange. That's why. I, there we go. Hey, 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 hey. We got lemons. Let's make lemonade. Or what did you think about uh, Dr. Strange? Put it in the comments. We read and reply to every single one of them. So have a conversation with us. All right, coming attractions. The next film uh, we are going to be covering not next Thursday. Next Thursday, you'll get a whole bunch of uh, great material from this episode, including extended versions of the interview that we did and, and, and an extended conversation between Kobe and Brandon during the elevator pitch because they got you got a few minutes of it. They went for... They're still talking. <laughs> yeah. They're still talking. Uh, but the Thursday after that, my film, my, one of my... One of the most underrated comedies, certainly one of the most underrated Robin Williams comedies, directed by uh, Danny DeVito, Death to Smoochie. It's also got Edward Norton in it. It is kind of like a satire on, a dark satire on the world of children's television, live action television, and that, that evolution from the, the fluffy characters like Barney to the human characters like the Wiggles, uh, and it this this sounds like a terrible movie the way I'm explaining it, but it is it's not. It's insane. I've seen like 40 minutes of it, but I've I've never paid attention to it, so I I look forward to it. I don't. I haven't watched it in like 10 years, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to. Should we it should this. we should we triple up on season three and veto ourselves and do Primal Fear? So it's three seasons of Edward Norton. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to that. Neither would I. And. Once again, be sure to check out our new sponsor, Aimbot Energy. The link will be in the description to uh, get 15% off their products as well as support our show. And uh, be sure to subscribe, like, check us out on Patreon. And we will see you guys in two weeks from now. Hey, Dave. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're all alone. Women seem wicked. When you're unwanted, <clears throat> streets are all your own. When you're down, when, when you're, you're strange, strange hey! no one remembers your name. name. Hey! When you're strange, come on, faces come out in the rain. When, when you're strange, strange, when you're strange, oh yeah. Why don't you subscribe? It'll last longer. <laughs>